a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this Monday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Uh, in just a moment, we'll be joined by Debbie Dejanovic uh, on the program. We're going to talk about vaccines. We're going to talk about much of the incredible coverage we have coming up uh, today on the program, on this program, Live Mike, as well uh, as uh, Dave and Dejanovic's program each weekday morning here on KSL News Radio, Monday through Thursday. Uh, we're going all in on vaccines this week. And it's not only uh, to, you know, to learn about the interesting research, but more than anything, it is to keep you up to speed on what is available to you, what's available to your family members, and what it means for us, really, as a community uh, moving forward, uh, what it means specifically as a business community moving forward, and ultimately, ultimately, the question which weighs on all of us, me especially, when the heck do we get to return to some semblance of normalcy? Before we get to that, though, uh, I do have some breaking news to share, and it's, uh, it's heartbreaking news, if I'm honest. Do you remember that program, Saved by the Bell, the high school comedy from the 1990s? Well, uh, one of the stars of that program has passed away, Dustin Diamond, the actor who portrayed Screech, if you remember him, uh, appropriately named if you have his voice stuck in your head from all those years of uh, waking up early on Saturday mornings to watch the program. But at 44 years old, uh, it has been announced by his manager, a gentleman named Roger Paul, that at 44 years young, Dustin Diamond has passed away from cancer. There was an announcement just a few weeks ago that he uh, had been diagnosed with cancer and that it was uh, at a pretty advanced stage. Treatment uh, had commenced, and now today we're learning that uh, those treatments uh, were were unsuccessful, and he's lost his life, and that's an unfortunately sad thing. So uh, maybe tonight as we uh, get back together with the family after dinner, we'll catch an episode of Saved by the Bell and remember the good entertainment that he offered him, uh, offered us, rather, as we were growing up, uh, as we mourn uh, his passing. Uh, the news at 44 years old, Dustin Diamond, uh, the actor who played Screech on Saved by the Bell, has lost a battle with cancer and lost his life. Uh, and that, that makes me sad. Uh, Debbie Dejanovic joins me now. Uh, you know, I I grew up watching this program. I'd get together with my with my sister, uh, a few of my sisters, as a matter of fact. Uh, we'd huddle up in front of that real small TV back in the day and watch, uh, you know, the antics. Uh, Any time we crew. have one of our childhood favorites pass away, and particularly at such a young age, it just really rips at our heart. I mean, I I grew up in a and a generation of uh, I Dream a Genie and Bewitched. Sure. So you're a lot younger than I am. But still, when we hear of that, it's just, it is certainly heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, to, to his family and loved ones. Uh, and with that, uh, let's shift gears here a moment. Uh, this week, as I discussed here earlier today, we here at KSL News Radio, we are going all in on vaccine distribution. Uh, what is going well? What needs improvement? What can we learn? 
from other parts of the country. I, I believe it was that was at South Carolina. There was an incredible story of uh, some drive-through lines that were getting backed up, and uh, the health department there thought, you know what? Do we have any drive-through experts nearby? And they reached out to a, a Chick-fil-A proprietor who showed up on the scene and said, "Hey, you know what? I've got a few suggestions. We can get these cars moving pretty quickly." And uh, and just like that, the wait time, which was at once a few hours was reduced to uh, some 15 minutes. I know uh, you'll be discussing that at great lengths tomorrow. Seeing what we here in Utah can learn from that. Uh, you you have done an incredible job on your program, you uh, along with Dave Noriega, in keeping Utah up to speed on all the developments here, specifically in terms of the vaccine, and that uh, that excellent work continues today. Yeah, we launched today what we call Vaccine Watch on the Dave and Dujanovic Show. Of course, the entire KSL News Radio team on Vaccine Watch day in and day out. Uh, what struck me today is that I feel like there's even more hope on the horizon with the Johnson & Johnson announcement that their vaccine. You heard Maria Chaleos just before, uh, during the newscast, just before your show, um, Lee, talk about the 66% effectiveness of Johnson & Johnson. Maria is 100% spot on with that information. But there's some nuances to it uh, that we have a little more time to go into detail here about. And that is it actually in the United States, it shows 72% effective against combating you know, severe COVID-19. And also the trials, those who received the vaccine, uh, there were no deaths reported in the trials. 44,000 people participated in that trial. And I think, look, the COVID-19 uh, vaccines that are reserved right now for healthcare workers, for first responders, uh, for 70 and over are the Moderna and the, and the Pfizer. And they should be. Those are 95% effective. But look, you and I are way at the back of the line somewhere. I was thinking December. We'd get this shot. December of this year? Yeah, this year. Like the way we were starting to roll this thing out and the fact that we have limited supplies of Pfizer and Moderna, we were looking at... Think think about early on when when the the various health jurisdictions, even at the state level, they were touting, oh, we got 2,000 people uh, vaccinated today. We had some, uh, you know, quick math conversations in the newsroom. And at that pace, you know, here in the state of Utah, we're we're years away from getting the full Years away. And now in the last three days, we did some other quick math based on what the Utah Department of Health has been putting out uh, in email form to the station every single day. We've vaccinated in the state of Utah 45,000 people in just the last three days. So and we've our- made exponential progress. Now, this co- this vaccine from Johnson & Johnson, the United States has secured 100 million doses. There is an option to purchase 200 million more doses. And I think that this is the game changer. Even at 72%, are you willing to, to get that ahead of uh, waiting for the Pfizer or the Moderna? What- yeah, yeah it's a, great question, a great question. And you bring up the, the word willingness, uh, reading in the Salt Lake Tribune today, a survey conducted by that publication shows uh, that the number of Utahns who are who are willing to accept a vaccine uh, has increased. In fact, it's only uh, it's only twenty percent of Utahns who are a little skittish, and I say only twenty percent because we started uh, way up there. Exactly. Yeah, I, I remember some of the first surveys. It was it was over fifty percent of Utahns who were skeptical and hesitant to receive the vaccine. But we're, when we're talking about eighty percent. 
when we're talking about 80%, even at a 72 efficacy rate like we are seeing in this Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, at least in terms of their data. Uh, and if I'm honest, we've, we, we got spoiled by we got spoiled right. by Pfizer and because Moderna. Because the original benchmark for the FDA was 50% effectiveness. Let's go yeah. back to this summer. Exactly. Uh, but let me, let me give you some more um, information that I think is really critical for you to think about here and for our listeners to chew on. And that is that it doesn't stop at 72%. The news gets even better. So we had Intermountain Healthcare doctor Tamara Sheffield on the Dave and Dujanovic show this morning. She called in at 9.35 to talk about how the effectiveness gets better the longer it's in your system. The 72% is for those um, looking at the moderate to severe. But when we're looking at individuals um, who, you know, the, the bad, bad outcomes, um, like you said, it's, it's 100% effective. So it's, I mean, at four weeks out after getting the vaccine, they were not seeing hospitalization, ICU admissions, people on ventilators, or even death. I mean, all, all of those were prevented. And even on the severe, so, you know, four weeks out, they were 85% effective against severe disease. But there's, a, you know, it's a matter of time. If, when you gave it enough time, seven weeks out, there were, it was 100% effective against the severe disease. And uh, we've seen this with the other vaccines. When there is more time after the vaccine, uh, it, we, we see the effectiveness just continue to keep going up. And also, um, they are studying currently a two-dose regimen of the Johnson & Johnson. So initially, if we get the one-dose shot, uh, then eventually maybe they'll follow up with a booster. But for right now, that's still in trials. I think there's a lot of hopefulness here that perhaps uh, we're not looking uh, way down the line in, in months ahead, but we're actually looking perhaps at even spring. And uh, the state has secured uh, contracts with Smiths and Walmart to vaccinate folks. Uh, I think there's a hundred different stores that they'll be vaccinating at. I don't know if they'll actually be using the Johnson and Johnson vaccine for that sure. lead, but talk about your, you know, this could be right. This could be walkable. You could be walking to your pharmacy at your local Smith store and getting vaccinated by July, yeah. June. Uh, listen, Debbie, thank you so much for this. Thank you for, uh, you know, the dogged attention you're paying, paying to this. Uh, let me ask you one final question. Uh, after the commercial break, I'll have as a guest here on the program, uh, Governor Spencer Cox. First time he and I have had a, a opportunity to to chat since becoming governor and specifically first opportunity he and I have had since becoming gov- governor for for us to discuss the vaccination rollout. Uh, what, what would you ask the governor? The top question right now I have is for the folks and our listeners in Utah County who reported to us last week, late last week, they're standing in long lines at the vaccination clinic at the old Shopco. Long lines, not in their cars, but actually winding through that uh, old big box store that's been since shuttered and now uses a vaccine clinic. That seems counterintuitive to me to get 70, 75 year old, 80 year olds inside this building snaking through. What is he doing to ensure that the actual inoculation process, once these folks get to these clinics, is smooth sailing? And perhaps, I mean, can't we just get them a in, keep them in their cars and vaccinate them there? That's the question uh, that's top of mind for me, for some the of, Gov. Some of the photographs from that late Friday afternoon vaccination uh, event were pretty jarring. You saw uh, long winding lines like you'd see at Disneyland or something like that waiting to get their vaccine. I think there's got to be a better solution uh, for our elderly uh, residents that they shouldn't have to stand in those kinds of lines right now. Very good. Deputy Janovic, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we return, it's Governor Spencer Cox, my guest here. We're talking vaccine vaccines and the future of Utah here next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.